0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today.
1: January, we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President, have you, I know you're running for president. You are, distra- Thank you. You are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years drive around there's not one city that's gotten better in the United States and it's visible our economy has degraded the suicide rate has jumped public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased and yet your concern is that the ukrainians a country most people can't find on a map who've received tens of billions of u.s tax dollars don't have enough tanks i think it's a fair question to ask like where's the concern for the united states in that well it's not my concern (laughs) tucker i've
2: heard that routine from you before but that's not my concern
0: this of course was the talk of the town over the weekend tucker carlson destroys mike pence he's got no chance I'm sorry, I didn't know that Mike Pence had much of a chance before. But the idea that he distro- that Tucker destroyed Pence, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't be those people. Don't be crazy. The question, the answer, the conversation itself about Ukraine. Sorry, it's not an all-or-nothing proposition, and not all Republicans see it the same way. And the Republicans who see it differently than you, their establishment sellouts. Could everyone just stop being nuts for five freaking minutes? We'd all be better off. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That's the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. I have got the full and complete breakdown here. And I do want to bring it to you. I'm, I'm going to. But I want to start with a, with a basic rule. A basic philosophy. As long as we are not discussing whether or not any level of communism can make its way into the political rights theories we've got more in agreement than we don't, let's not beat each other up. The problem with the purity test is that it ensures that you can't win. The Trump supporter seems to think that the purity test means Trump or nothing. And that's not going to work. And now, are we starting to get into the conversation that it's do not fund anything in Ukraine or nothing? Or we don't vote for you? Well, Tony, you got to have principles. I make no argument. I I concede that that is true. I am asking that we rank the things. And with all due respect, Ukraine, when it comes to the totality of things wrong with the United States and things we have to fix, doesn't make the top 100 Certainly doesn't make the top 20, even if we were to disagree about some things. Real issues, real subjects that require us to come together, require the nation to come together. If you want to argue that we don't have the money to spend, I won't disagree that we spend too much money. That doesn't mean that we don't have the money to spend on this. If we're going to argue, we're going to cut our spending. So sorry, Ukraine, you only get half. And here is also all the groups that get half. To argue we can't spend on Ukraine because that's the overspend and not talk about everything else isn't a legitimate argument. It's bullcrap madness. I don't want it. And I got to tell you, I don't think you want it either. Let us agree on on two points, if, if, if I can be so bold. We might very well disagree on whether or not there should be funding of Ukraine, giving them hardware or providing them dollars to fight this war against Russia. Right? We may have a disagreement on that. That's point one. Point two, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden are shady as you know what, and they need to be prosecuted, at the very least investigated. We can agree that we may have a disagreement on point one. We have zero disagreement on point two. Point one is a conversation about foreign policy, about where we think America's interests lie. And it is clear that we could have a disagreement about those things. And you can make an argument about why we should not be involved in this Russian invasion of Ukraine and involved in this war. I can make an argument about why we should, or we could go the other way. But you and I both know We don't have a country if we have people who believe that they are above the law, are allowed to be above the law, and don't even get investigated when they have clearly broken the law, including the possibility of bribery. I demand focus. I demand. I'm not asking. I'm demanding that we rank the things in order of their importance. I'm saying point blank. I want to win, bitches. I want to win. And I think you do too. So can we win with an understanding that some things are more important than other things? Tony, spending matters. I agree. Spending matters. But we're also the party that gave the blank check in the deal that McCarthy made with Biden. So now Ukraine is the place where the spending's too much? You'll excuse me while I start drinking right now. We have nothing but opportunity ahead of us. I make no bones about being a conservative. I apologize to no one. Being a conservative doesn't come fly by night. That is populism. That could come fly by night. Conservatism comes from thought and theory and research and study and getting your ass kicked in the public square and learning that there's a better way, acknowledging there's a better way, and actually utilizing it. It's about accepting the reality in front of you. I can accept the idea that if Trump were president, there would have been no Russian invasion of Ukraine. None of this would have mattered. We wouldn't have had to have dealt with it. I can accept that. Except Trump's not president, Biden's president, Russia invaded Ukraine, and here we are. So I have to deal with that reality, not the fantasy. I am a believer to my soul that the conservative approach is the right one based on the study it's not the socialists it's not the communists those evil bastards can't do anything there's no inspiration that comes from communism communism has only ever inspired a prayer for a quick and painless death that's it just ask the polls people of poland who went from the horrors of Nazism to the horrors of Communism, they'll tell you what a craptastic life is all about. Conservatism, the idea of actually conserving, is right now focused on the Western values that have built the nation and have created free people, that have created better lives. It isn't socialism. It isn't communism. It isn't this progressivism crap. And it's not populism. So could I please, for the love of God, get a little bit of focus around here? And let's rank the things. The Biden administration has failed you. Not because I say so, but because the reality says so. Hunter Biden is involved in some shady, shady stuff Not because I say so, but because he is. Can I share with you the single most frustrating, disgusting, criminally insane thing I have heard possibly all year? And that's saying something because that list gets amended almost every week. This is Jen Psaki talking to Jamie Raskin, Congressman Jamie Raskin of Maryland. Jen Psaki is the former White House press secretary. She now has her own show on MSNBC. This was an honest-to-goodness conversation. Listen. Listen. I want to ask you about
3: the work of the Oversight Committee, because you and Congressman Dan Goldman sent a letter to Oversight Chair James Comer this week requesting that he hand over any information he's received from Gal Luft, the man who the GOP claimed in case people have been following this in detail, had evidence of corruption by the Biden family and who was charged with arms trafficking, sanctions violations and acting as an unregistered agent for China. It's almost like a part of a movie
0: that is happening. Gal Luft is the guy whom uh, the Biden administration is corrupt. Here's the evidence. Here's the that. And yes, the DOJ did charge him not only with arms trafficking and sanctions violation, but acting as an unregistered agent for China. You can be a foreign agent for another country. You just simply have to register as such. And we've talked about this before. Man, I've got no quarter on this subject. How can you not register? If that's the requirement, you got to do it. You know who didn't register? Hunter Biden. And here is Jen Psaki with a straight, giggling face. Discussing, oh, the Republicans put all their hopes at this guy. He's not even a registered foreign agent. (laughs) Hunter registered? So now it's about saying, oh, this is the guy Republicans are going to use. Oh, he's discredited. Amazing how that works out. And so she wants to know what it is that Jamie Raskin and Dan Goldman, two members of Congress, what information are they seeking about not Luft himself, but James Comer's involvement with Luft? James Comer is the chairman of the Oversight Committee, Republican from Kentucky. And you are about to watch the building of a very nefarious narrative
3: right now, according to an indictment until this week. What questions, what, what information are you seeking about James Comer's involvement
4: with left? And what do you really mm. want to know? Well, look, a gal left was supposed to be the star witness in um, reigning Joe Biden on uh, the old Giuliani charges of uh, a fake Ukrainian bribery scandal. Um, And it turns out that Loft was missing, as uh, Chairman Comer kept saying. The reason he was missing is because he's a fugitive from justice. Uh, He's uh, on the run around the world away from the U.S. government. And this was going to be the star witness against Joe Biden. And what I'm afraid has happened, Jen, is that um, the the Trump party has created such a topsy-turvy world that we're getting real low-life characters like George Santos, like Donald Trump, like Gal Luft, who say, I think I'm going to be able to launder all of my crimes Mm -hmm. and wrap myself in the production of the Republican Party. They see targets of
3: people they could go after to help them. That's right. And so how concerned are you that James Comer, was the chairman of the committee, was knowingly, unknowingly working with, co-opted by a foreign agent.
4: I'm just concerned that um, the House Oversight Committee, which has a very proud history with, you know, Congressman Waxman as chair, uh, the great Elijah Cummings of Maryland as chair, is suddenly being compromised in a really serious way. Our legitimacy is being eroded by the tactics adopted by Chairman Comer.
0: On national television progressive Jen Psaki and progressive Jamie Raskin, a guy who when Trump was elected challenged the election results in 2016 and then had the audacity to be an impeachment manager in 2020. They just put forth a narrative without any basis in fact that James Comer is suspect and therefore The House Oversight Committee is in question and any investigation into Hunter and Joe Biden is therefore unacceptable and nothing more than covering their own tracks. This is out of the Harry Reid playbook when Senator Harry Reid, a despicable man, said that Mitt Romney didn't pay his taxes. And when he was asked about it, Mitt Romney was running for president at the time, when he was asked about it, he said, don't ask me, ask, ask Mitt Romney. He admitted he lied and then followed it up with, well, we won, didn't we? If you ask me to think about ranking Ukraine, I'll discuss the pros and cons of supporting Ukraine and what I think of Russia. But none of it comes close compared to what the progressives want to do to the country and the level of lie that they will tell. And what I am demanding is focus. Mike Pence's Ukraine answer, Tucker Carlson's Ukraine question means nothing in comparison to what you just heard. And if we don't get people in office to be able to thwart this kind of thing, And if I can't get Republicans to look Jamie Raskin in the eye and say, who the hell do you think you are? If I can't get Speaker McCarthy to say we are taking all of Jamie Raskin's committees away from him because this kind of allegation is disgusting beneath contempt and unacceptable in the House of Representatives, my God, we're going to lose anyway. I want focus, not silliness. But I will break down Pence's answer, Tucker's question, and how I think it all plays out. Not what the populists are telling you, but I think it actually means to Americans. That's coming up next, I'm Tony Katz. It's very hard to believe everything you read, Considering that the people who write what you read don't care about what they write, Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today, what is going on? Eight three three, got Tony. Eight three three four six eight eight six six nine. That's the number. The Washington Post put out a piece. Jennifer Rubin writing. Jennifer Rubin used to consider herself a conservative, and then Trump broke her into it. It happens. It happens. People they lose their, you know, lose their minds. She writes about DeSantis, and of course, attacking DeSantis is is what the left does. Are they concerned about Trump? Absolutely. Are they concerned about DeSantis? Absolutely. Are they? Con- it's it's always the way it is. They're concerned about everyone. They are. They know that Biden's weak. They know that other Democrats are coming on strong. There's the whole Cornell West stealing black votes. I should get into that. They're worried. And of course, everybody has to be attacked in every place. So Jennifer Rubin writes a column in where she states, DeSantis, meaning Governor DeSantis, likes to brag that more people are moving to Florida than ever. Not so fast. And then she quotes Business Insider. That says over 670,000 people reported that their permanent address changed from Florida to another state in 2021. 670,000 people moved out of Florida. That number's not true. That number comes from Business Insider. We discussed it last week because it was quickly and easily debunked. It was quick to do. And thus we shared the story. But when that lie first came out from Business Insider, you knew it was going to get repeated. Because that's what happens. It doesn't matter if they were caught in the lie and had to fix it. Here's Jennifer Rubin from the Washington Post putting it out there again. Oops, my mistake. Meanwhile, it's out there. And it builds and it builds. Journalists can't have our respect if they won't do the work. Now, you can argue Jennifer Rubin does opinion. She's not a journalist. No one from the Washington Post fact checks anything. No one? Making a mistake is one thing. It happens. I've done it. You've done it. It happens. Is this a mistake? Or is this a, look, it's just a ding on on DeSantis and even if I were to engage some level of retraction people remember the story and that's all there is to it it doesn't matter they won't remember the retraction they'll remember that I dinged them and that's what matters most now I did my part to try and keep him from being in office as opposed to writing something about his philosophy or a theory or something like that this is just nonsensical attack of course more people have moved to Florida If you ask my mother in law, who lives in Florida, things aren't great. If you ask my parents, they're thrilled they're there. I guess a lot of people have an opinion. But Jennifer Rubin lied. Seems to be the only way these people think they can win. And nothing will happen to her. That's the worst part. This is Tony Katz today.
3: Have been fighting to make it clear that Israel is a racist state, that the Palestinian people deserve self-determination and autonomy.
2: Paul there was responding to pro-Palestinian protesters who showed up at the event on Saturday. By Sunday Paul was trying to clean it up, saying this in part, words do matter and so And so it is important that I clarify my statement. I do not believe the idea of Israel as a nation is racist. The controversy comes just days before the Israeli president is scheduled to address a joint meeting of Congress. And some progressives have already said that they will be skipping that.
0: You said progressive CNN. You meant anti-Semites. That address, which takes place on Wednesday, comes from the president of Israel, Isaac Herzog. And I will be there. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. I got invited. Uh, I head out to D.C. tomorrow. I will be there um, in the the halls of Congress, if you will, at the Capitol for that speech. I don't know if Jayapal will be there. Representative Ocasio-Cortez won't be there. And, of course, anti-Semite Ilhan Omar won't be there. Ilhan Omar... We should not be inviting the president of Israel, a government who, under its current prime minister, barred the first two Muslim women elected to Congress from visiting the country to give a joint address to Congress. Um, uh, Rashida Tlaib is who she's referring to in addition to her, another Jew-hating bigot. Um, She was absolutely allowed to enter the country to visit her family uh, in, in the West Bank. Ilhan Omar continues, Israeli President Isaac Herzog's address comes on behalf of the most right-wing government in Israel's history at a time when the government is openly promising to crush Palestinian hopes of statehood, essentially putting a nail in the coffin of peace and a two-state solution, which one cannot get to until Hamas is gone. You can't have a two-state solution with people who want you dead. The Israelis are clearly correct on this. You cannot have a two-state solution with people who want you dead because they don't want Israel to have a state. They want Israel gone. I bring this up not because I'm Jewish and somehow it means more to me. That's not it. It's just a great example of who they are. Did you catch what it is that Pramila Jayapal The Democrat, the progressive from Washington State, she heads up the Progressive Caucus. This is what she said. I've been fighting to make it
3: clear that Israel is a racist state, that the Palestinian people deserve self-determination and autonomy.
0: I don't know how you give autonomy to terrorists. No, not the Palestinian people. But the fact that they are controlled by terrorists, therefore, is what it is. When she went to walk back her statement, what did she say? Words do matter and so it is important that I clarify my statement. I do not believe the idea of Israel as a nation is racist. You ridiculous coward of a woman. I do not believe the idea of Israel as a nation is racist. Oh, but Israel as is, is racist. But the idea of Israel, you know, somewhere else, not in their biblical homeland, but maybe in some part of Brooklyn, then, then it wouldn't be racist. These people wear it on their sleeve. They're, su- they're, they're, they're truly proud of how disgusting they are and how hateful they are and how bigoted they are. Proud. It is, um, however, I, I must admit, not surprising. It is also not surprising to see Israel say we're not we're not doing this anymore. We're no longer playing the part of the two-state uh, solution thing. You you have to stop. They played that game. Yasser Arafat got every offer there possibly could be, got offered everything and said no because the objective was not a state. The objective was dead Jews. Now, if you want to talk about how this plays in with Trump, let's talk about the Abraham Accords, which reset the concept amongst many nations in the Middle East. The con the the theory was, well, the situation with, with the Palestinians has to be figured out before we move forward. What the Abraham Accords said is, you know what? You guys will figure that out one day. Why don't we do some trade? Why don't we do some tourism? And it's worked out huge. To the chagrin of people like Ilhan Omar. To the chagrin of progressives. Because they want the issue. Because Omar Tlaib, Ocasio-Cortez, Jamal Bowman, the squad... They hate the existence of Israel. How in the world do these two from New York get elected by these people? How is that even possible? In an area that is known for a large Jewish population, you vote for this? My people, I'm told, we're the smart ones. Not so much. Even Democrats are pushing back on Pramila Jayapal. You've got Hakeem Jeffries. Uh, uh, You've got Catherine Clark, who is a radical progressive out of Massachusetts. Pete Aguilar, the same out of California. They put out a statement. They said Israel's not a racist state. But they never mentioned Pramila Jayapal by name. Why not? Why can't Democrats say, hey, Pramila Jayapal, you were wrong? Hey, Ilhan Omar, you were wrong. They can't do it. Certainly, they write, there are individual members of the current Israeli governing coalition with whom we dis- strongly disagree. Government officials come and go. The special relationship between the United States and Israel will endure. Then you've got a series of Democrats who call Jayapal's comments unacceptable. And um, they're the Jewish uh, members, Jewish Democrats. When do you start recognizing that this is where your party is? They've proven this time and again. Your party is here, not because I say so, but because they say so. Remember, Jayapal didn't just come upon this organically. She said it because of the people there at this convention who were protesting against the existence of Israel. And she had to make them feel welcome because that's a huge part of the progressive movement. Be angry with me all you want. Oh, I'm going to get tweets and emails. Tony, what about the Republicans? Stop it. Stop it. Deal with your people. Handle your business. Your party is lousy with jew haters. Maybe do something about it. Don't worry about republicans, don't focus on republicans. Focus on your house. Lousy with jew haters. We're not to deny it is nuts. Radical. They they won't by the way. This will all come back to, you see what Trump did? (laughs) Oh, come on, you know it. This is all going to come back to, well, you know what Trump did, right? You know know why this is Trump's fault, correct? It's it's always that way. It's always that way. And the left won't pay any attention to this. And uh, Jews who are Democrats won't pay any attention to it. They'll have their rabbi get up one Saturday and explain why why Republicans aren't caring about other people. You have leading Democrats calling Israel a racist state and the apology proves how much they meant it. And there'll be rabbis who don't say a word. Uh, also other clergy that don't say a word and should. Now, this brings us to the RFK statement. Is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. an anti-Semite? I do not believe so. Where does this story come from? How does this all unfold? This story comes from a fundraiser. He's in New York. He's at a dinner. And at the dinner, he's having a conversation about COVID, the introduction of COVID. Let's take a moment and listen.
1: And we need to talk about bioweapons. The level, I know a lot now about bioweapons because I've been doing a book on it for the past two and a half years. And um, uh, and you know the, the, what we the technology that we now have to develop these microbes. We have, we've put hundreds of millions of dollars into uh, ethnically targeted microbes. The Chinese have done the same thing. In fact, COVID-19, there's an argument that it is ethnically targeted.
0: So he's talking about bioweapons, which you and I both know if we're sitting on the bar stool, you got to believe they still exist and people working on creating them and doing damage to others, of course. But maybe none of us ever discussed the idea of the ethnically targeted bioweapon. Which would mean a weapon that could go after certain people with certain DNA characteristics. Is it possible? Well, of course it's possible there's not a debate about whether it's possible everybody and their mother knows that it's possible even if you never thought about it before the minute you think about it you're like well i do indeed guess that's possible but the story about rfk is that he says this COVID-19 attacks certain races
1: um, Disproportionately, the, uh, the, the, the the races that are most immune, immune to COVID nineteen are because of the of the structure of the uh, um, the genetic structure of um, uh, uh, genetic differentials among different races of the um, of the receptors of the ace two receptor. Um, COVID nineteen is targeted to attack. Uh, Caucasians and uh, and uh, and uh, black people, the people who are most
0: immune are Askenazi Jews, and uh, and Chinese. It's one heck of a statement at a fundraiser that COVID is targeted to affect Caucasians and black people, and has least effect on Ashkenazi Jews, Eastern European Jews, and the Chinese. Um, Some data might be necessary there. You may be asked to show your work on that one. Is that statement an anti-Semitic statement? I don't believe so. He's making a statement about this is what my research has shown. What I want to see, like what you want to see, is his research. Because if you show me research that says COVID doesn't come after Jews, I'd be like, hm, lucky me. Well, who? Finally, something working in our favor. I don't think he is making the claim that Jews were engineering the COVID vaccine and they knew and they made it so it doesn't hurt the I don't I don't think any of that is true at all. At all. I think that the people who spun it that way Um, We're just looking for something to be angry about, as is standard. If I take the comment of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and I take the comment of Pramila Jayapal, the congresswoman from Washington State, I could say, oh, one's anti-Semitic and one isn't. I can make that statement with relative ease, that one is anti-Semitic and one isn't. Can I make the statement that it's a weird thing that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is putting out there? You better damn well believe it. It's a weird thing that he's putting out there. And I think it's well okay, very okay to say so. Dude, dude, and by the way, on Twitter, uh, someone's saying there may not be data on RFK's claims, but there is data on the U.S. funding the research in Ukraine and sending infected animals to Wuhan. Don't confuse the issues. Did the U.S. clearly fund gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Virology Lab? Yes. In my view, yes, based on the data we have. I'm saying if RFK is going to make such a statement, you better show me the papers. But his statement in and of itself is not anti-Semitic. Pramila Jayapal's, Representative Jayapal's statement in and of itself is anti-Semitic. So I'm not going to listen to the people screaming about RFK if they're going to be silent about Jayapal. No. And I'm not going to appreciate the Democratic Party not calling her out by name. Too afraid to admonish their own people. What a weak party! What a Jew-hating party. I'm Tony Katz. Sound of Freedom has made like a 100 million dollars. Do I have that number right? Holy cow! This thing is so, yeah, it, it's it's made $82 million so far. Sorry, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good on them. Good on Cavizio I said two things. People I know who saw the movie said, eh, it's not very good. But people are upset with like the movie's existence, which is about this border patrol agent who decides to to give his life to rescuing kids who are being sex trafficked. Like, I don't even know why you would why you'd be opposed to the movie. It's against child trafficking. But you learn something about people, don't you? eighty two million dollars. That's pretty incredible. In its second weekend, from a group called Angel Studios, it did a 26% increase over its debut weekend because people are hearing about it and talking about it, and they want to be supportive of it. And you'll note, they didn't make a movie about waving the flag, hold on, wait for it, and just praising the Lord. They made a movie about a subject. They told a story. And this is what it's all about. Even if it's even if you thought it was poorly acted. That's what it's all about. You got to tell the story. Good on them. Go see Sound of Freedom for yourself. I'm Tony Katz. Mm-hmm.
3: Have been fighting to make it clear that israel is a racist state that the palestinian people deserve self-determination and autonomy
2: Paul there was responding to pro-palestinian protesters who showed up at the event on saturday by sunday Paul was trying to clean it up saying this in part words do matter and so and so it is important that I clarify my statement. I do not believe the idea of Israel as a nation is racist. The controversy comes just days before the Israeli president is scheduled to address a joint meeting of Congress. And some progressives have already said that they will be skipping that.
0: You said progressives, CNN. You meant anti-Semites. That address, which takes place on Wednesday, comes from the president of Israel, Isaac Herzog. And I will be there. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. I got invited. Uh, I head out to D.C. tomorrow. I will be there um, in the the halls of Congress, if you will, at the Capitol for that speech. I don't know if Jayapal will be there. Representative Ocasio-Cortez won't be there. And, of course, anti-Semite Ilhan Omar won't be there. Ilhan Omar. We should not be inviting the president of Israel, a government who, under its current prime minister, barred the first two Muslim women elected to Congress from visiting the country to give a joint address to Congress. Um, uh, Rashida Tlaib is who she's referring to in addition to her, another Jew-hating bigot. Um, She was absolutely allowed to enter the country to visit her family uh, in, in the West Bank. Ilhan Omar continues, Israeli President Isaac Herzog's address comes on behalf of the most right-wing government in Israel's history at a time when the government is openly promising to crush Palestinian hopes of statehood, essentially putting a nail in the coffin of peace and a two-state solution, which one cannot get to until Hamas is gone. You can't have a two-state solution with people who want you dead. The Israelis are clearly correct on this. You cannot have a two-state solution with people who want you dead because they don't want Israel to have a state. They want Israel gone. I bring this up not because I'm Jewish and somehow it means more to me. That's not it. It's just a great example of who they are. Did you catch what it is that Pramila Jayapal The Democrat, the progressive from Washington State, she heads up the Progressive Caucus. This is what she said.
3: I've been fighting to make it clear that Israel is a racist state, that the Palestinian people deserve self-determination and autonomy.
0: I don't know how you give autonomy to terrorists. No, not the Palestinian people. But the fact that they are controlled by terrorists, therefore, is what it is. When she went to walk back her statement, what did she say? Words do matter, and so it is important that I clarify my statement. I do not believe the idea of Israel as a nation is racist. You ridiculous coward of a woman. I do not believe the idea of Israel as a nation is racist. Oh, but Israel as is is racist. But the idea of Israel, you know, somewhere else, not in their biblical homeland, but maybe in some part of Brooklyn, then then it wouldn't be racist. These people wear it on their sleeve. They're, su- they're, they're, they're truly proud of how disgusting they are and how hateful they are and how bigoted they are. Proud. It is, um, however, I, I must admit, not surprising. It is also not surprising to see Israel say, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. We're no longer playing the part of the two-state uh, solution thing. You, you have to stop. They played that game. Yasser Arafat got every offer there possibly could be, got offered everything and said no because the objective was not a state. The objective was dead Jews. Now, if you want to talk about how this plays in with Trump, let's talk about the Abraham Accords, which reset the concept amongst many nations in the Middle East. The concept the the theory was, well, the situation with, with the Palestinians has to be figured out before we move forward. What the Abraham Accords said is, you know what? You guys will figure that out one day. Why don't we do some trade? why don't we do some tourism and it's worked out huge to the chagrin of people like ilhan omar to the chagrin of progressives because they want the issue because omar tlaib acasio cortez jamal bowman the squad They hate the existence of Israel. How in the world do these two from New York get elected by these people? How is that even possible? In an area that is known for a large Jewish population, you vote for this? My people, I'm told, we're the smart ones. Not so much. Even Democrats are pushing back on Pramila Jayapal. You've got Hakeem Jeffries. Uh, uh, You've got Catherine Clark, who is a radical progressive out of Massachusetts. Pete Aguilar, the same out of California. They put out a statement. They said Israel's not a racist state. But they never mentioned Pramila Jayapal by name. Why not? Why can't Democrats say, hey, Pramila Jayapal, you were wrong? Hey, Ilhan Omar, you were wrong. They can't do it. Certainly, they write, there are individual members of the current Israeli governing coalition with whom we strongly disagree. Government officials come and go. The special relationship between the United States and Israel will endure. Then you've got a series of Democrats who call Jayapal's comments unacceptable. And um, they're the Jewish uh, members, Jewish Democrats. When do you start recognizing that this is where your party is? They've proven this time and again. Your party is here, not because I say so, but because they say so. Remember, Jayapal didn't just come upon this organically. She said it because of the people there at this convention who were protesting against the existence of Israel. And she had to make them feel welcome because that's a huge part of the progressive movement. Be angry with me all you want. Oh, I'm going to get tweets and emails. Tony, what about the Republicans? Stop it. Stop it. Deal with your people. Handle your business. Your party is lousy with jew haters. Maybe do something about it. Don't worry about republicans, don't focus on republicans. Focus on your house. Lousy with jew haters. We're not to deny it is nuts. Radical. They they won't by the way. This will all come back to you see what Trump did <laughs> Oh come on you know it This is all going to come back to you well, you know what Trump did right You know what you know why this is Trump's fault correct It's oh al- it's always that way It's always that way And the left won't pay any attention to this And uh, Jews who are Democrats won't pay any attention to it They'll have their rabbi get up one Saturday and explain why, why Republicans aren't caring about other people. You have leading Democrats calling Israel a racist state and the apology proves how much they meant it. And there'll be rabbis who don't say a word. Uh, also other clergy that don't say a word and should. Now, this brings us to the RFK statement. Is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. an anti-Semite? I do not believe so. Where does this story come from? How does this all unfold? This story comes from a fundraiser. He's in New York. He's at a dinner. And at the dinner, he's having a conversation about COVID, the introduction of COVID. Let's take a moment and listen.
1: And we need to talk about bioweapons. The level, I know a lot now about bioweapons because I've been doing a book on it for the past two and a half years. And um, uh, and you know the, the, what we the technology that we now have to develop these microbes, we have we've put hundreds of millions of dollars into uh, ethnically targeted microbes the Chinese have done the same thing in fact COVID-19 there's an argument that it is ethnically targeted
0: so he's talking about bioweapons which you and I both know if we're sitting on the bar stool you got to believe they still exist and people working on creating them and doing damage to others of course But maybe none of us ever discussed the idea of the ethnically targeted bioweapon, which would mean a weapon that could go after certain people with certain DNA characteristics. Is it possible? Well, of course it's possible. There's not a debate about whether it's possible. Everybody and their mother knows that it's possible, even if you never thought about it before. The minute you think about it, you're like, "Well, I do indeed guess that's possible." But the story about RFK is that he says this: COVID-19 attacks certain races. Um,
1: Disproportionately, the, uh, the, the, the the races that are most immune, immune to COVID nineteen are because of the of the structure of the uh, um, the genetic structure of um, uh, uh, genetic differentials among different races of the um, of the receptors of the ACE two receptor. Um, COVID nineteen is targeted to attack. Uh, Caucasians and uh, and, uh, and uh, black people. The people who are most immune are Asking,
0: Asking Jews, and, uh, and Chinese. It's one heck of a statement at a fundraiser that COVID is targeted to affect Caucasians and black people and has least effect on Ashkenazi Jews, Eastern European Jews, and the Chinese. Um, Some data might be necessary there. You may be asked to show your work on that one. Is that statement an anti-Semitic statement? I don't believe so. He's making a statement about this is what my research has shown. What I want to see, like what you want to see, is his research. Because if you show me research that says COVID doesn't come after Jews, I'd be like, lucky me. Finally, something working in our favor. I don't think he is making the claim that Jews were st- engineering the COVID vaccine, and they knew, and they made it so it doesn't hurt. That I don't. I don't think any of that is true at all. At all. I think that the people who spun it that way um, were just looking for something to be angry about, as is standard. If I take the comment of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and I take the comment of Pramila Jayapal, the congresswoman from Washington State, I could say, oh, one's anti-Semitic and one isn't. I can make that statement with relative ease that one is anti-Semitic and one isn't can I make the statement that it's a weird thing that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is putting out there? You better damn well believe it. It's a weird thing that he's putting out there. And I think it's well okay, very okay to say so. Dude. And by the way, on Twitter... Uh, Someone saying there may not be data on RFK's claims, but there is data on the U.S. funding the research in Ukraine and sending infected animals to Wuhan. Don't confuse the issues. Did the U.S. clearly fund gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Virology Lab? Yes. In my view, yes, based on the data we have. I'm saying if RFK is going to make such a statement, you better show me the papers. But his statement in and of itself is not anti-Semitic. Pramila Jayapal's, Representative Jayapal's statement in and of itself is anti-Semitic. So I'm not going to listen to the people screaming about RFK if they're going to be silent about Jayapal. No. And I'm not going to appreciate the Democratic Party not calling her out by name. Too afraid to admonish their own people. What a weak party. What a Jew hating party. I'm Tony Katz. Sound of Freedom has made like a hundred million dollars. Do I have that number right? Holy cow. This thing is so, yeah, it, it's it's made $82 million so far. Sorry, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good on them. Good on Cavizio. I said two things. People I know who saw the movie said, eh, it's not very good. But people are upset with like the movie's existence, which is about this Border Patrol agent who decides to, to give his life to rescuing kids who are being sex trafficked. Like, I don't even know why you would why you'd be opposed to the movie. It's against child trafficking. But you learn something about people, don't you? Eighty two million dollars. That's pretty incredible. In its second weekend, from a group called Angel Studios, it did a 26% increase over its debut weekend because people are hearing about it and talking about it, and they want to be supportive of it. And you'll note, they didn't make a movie about waving the flag, hold on, wait for it, and just praising the Lord. They made a movie about a subject. They told a story. And this is what it's all about. Even if, it's, even if you thought it was poorly acted. That's what it's all about. You got to tell the story. Good on them. Go see Sound of Freedom for yourself. I'm Tony Katz.